we doing, guys? My guest today is Shannon Barkey. Shannon is a three-time Olympian and a two-time Olympic medalist, getting silver in 2002 and bronze in 2010 in mogul skiing. She was also a 2003 overall World Cup champion, six-time U.S. national champion, and was on the U.S. ski team for more than a decade. After her skiing career, Shannon explored many different avenues as an entrepreneur, starting her own coffee company, becoming a writer, also a keynote speaker, and starting her own new company, Team Empower Hour, which has former Olympians and Olympic hopefuls empowering corporate leadership through many different team-building exercises, fitness classes, and several other avenues. I hope you enjoy Shannon's journey of failures and successes so far. Perfect. Thanks for coming on, Shannon. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. And you know what the best part is that neither of us are in mogul ski pants. That's so true. I really like that. I am, yeah. I am really thankful for that. It would be pretty <laughs> hot out right now to be wearing some ski pants. It's like 90 degrees out. So yeah, I think that Yes, it would. Yes, it would. But I'm just, that makes my soul happy that we're like, you know, normal clothes, you and I seeing each other. So that's awesome. It is a rarity, right? It's usually winter, <laughs> everyone's bundled up and everything like that. So that's good. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you. I'm really excited to chat with you and, um, and to just have a great conversation. Yeah, it should be, uh, should be awesome. Now, you have had such, a, a, in my mind, a successful career, not only on the slopes, but also off the slopes. And one of the things is I've kind of uh, was doing some research that I found was really interesting is you, you find that, that time and place when you're done skiing, right? And, and where, where does that continued drive kind of come from for you? Where, where, is that, where does that drive come from? Well, first of all, I have to say thank you for, for thinking that I've been successful post-ski career and during ski career, right. um, because that, that really means a lot. I've been, I've been working really hard, and I feel like I still, I still struggle with that, um, you know, really trying to find my groove and, and trying to be as successful as I was during skiing. So, um, but you know, I think that drive really, I think when I look back at what what made me so successful every day in skiing was because I loved what I was doing every single day. I mean, certainly there were hard parts of it, um, right. but I loved being in the gym. I loved trying to be the best version of myself every single day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I retired from skiing, um, I kind of jumped right into a coffee business that we had started, my husband and I, Silver Bean Coffee. And, um, you know, it was, I, I loved it. It was really fun, but it wasn't what I wanted to do every day. Okay. And, you know, when we thought about setting goals and what we wanted to accomplish, I was like, oh my gosh, I, 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 I don't have what that's going to take in me to do on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. So when I started um, Team Empower Hour, you know, that every day just fuels my fire. And it's things that I want to do. I want to be talking to people. I want to be sharing, you know, my Olympic experience. I want to share how to be a better person. So I think right. for me, it's not so much on the end goal that fuels me every day. It's really what I get to wake up and do on a daily basis that keeps me going. Right. So for those out there that don't know, uh, Team Empower Hour is essentially uh, Olympic hopefuls, uh, Olympians, and, and the like kind of uh, speaking and empowering um, corporate, uh, corporate leaders and different, different people of the, of the like, right? Yeah, so, um, so I started up Team Empower Hour, and what we do is we do leadership development, 
we do team building, we do keynote speaking, and we do fitness workouts for all of, you know, globally um, for the corporate world. So we take, you know, what we learned as, as successful athletes and Olympians, and we translate our Olympic success success into corporate victory. So it's just really fun to be able to share, you know, all those strategies on things mm -hmm. that made, um, you know, that made us successful and translate that into the business world as, you know, owning my own company and doing all those things. I know what works and I know what doesn't work. So, <laughs> so I think I've learned more of what doesn't work than, <laughs> than actually what works. Well, it's always a little <laughs> bit of trial and error, right? That always goes into uh, going into training, right? You're kind of fixated on on whether you're working on your skiing or something when you're you're jumping you're really fixated and you're trying to make it work you're trying to make it work and then coach will say almost the exact same thing a little bit of a different phrase somehow it just clicks and then it's like oh yeah that was here we go we're moving right in the right direction right yeah i think that's been the most fun part about what i do now is you know, I relate it so much back to our coaches because our coaches can tell us the same thing over and over and over. And then somebody tells you essentially the same thing, but just in a different way that makes it work for us. And then you're yeah. like, boom, oh my gosh, like you said, like that aha moment clicks. Yeah. And so I really try um, whenever I'm relating the stuff that we did into people's businesses and into their companies, right. saying it a few different ways so that it can connect with so many different people. You know, so many people are visual learners. Mm -hmm. So many people, um, you know, follow by, by doing and, and having it have to be explained to them. So it's really, it's really fun for me to try and connect all those dots and, yeah. and make it work for everybody. How, how much of a challenge can, can that be though? Cause I know, uh, personally as a coach, it's, it definitely, uh, and is experiencing it as an athlete. It's just one of those things where you, you say that same thing over and over. I mean, uh, I love to say as a coach, I got it, got it from my dad that you can't have more than one uh, arrow in your quiver, right? You gotta have, can't, can't be a one trick pony. You gotta have a few, few different ways to kind of adapt and try to get that, that, uh, light bulb moment. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I, I don't think I appreciated um, our coaches <laughs> as much as I should have at the time, you know, because I think about back when I was skiing, you know, you have somebody like Hannah Carney, who is, I mean, that girl is like a machine, one of the best mogul skiers to ever, you know, ski the face of this earth. And she is so different than me. Yeah. And so how did our coaches you know, deal with me who's like off singing songs and, you know, I don't need, I just need like a lot of encouragement, but she needed real structure in everything that she did. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that to me was just the magic of coaching is figuring out how to allow two people that are so different to be able to be their best every single day and especially under pressure. Right. So I really thought a lot about, you know, what they told her versus what they told me and, um, and trying to to move that forward into, you know, into business today. Has it been a big help kind of being able to have those different experiences and everything else and then kind of bring that into the, the corporate world? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I tend to, I always say that I'm a fly by the seat of your pants kind of gal, you know, so whatever people are like, well, you do need this and do you need this? And I'm like, well, that would be nice. But if I don't, it's okay. We just, you know, I, I improvise and move forward. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, what's really allowed me to be successful beyond, um, beyond skiing is because I do have such a focus and such a goal 
But if it doesn't go that way, I always have to think about that next solution and how we're going to move past it and, right. you know, kind of move from plan A to B to C and it's all going to be okay. And if it's not, we're going to figure out a way to make it around that problem and to be able to keep moving forward. Right. So you're definitely pretty, pretty adaptable. It sounds like, I mean, would you say that's something that's uh, fairly unique for you? That's kind of helped you succeed over the years, right? Cause everything's not always uh, cut and dry. Well, I think it is one of my strong points, but I also think that, you know, it can be a detriment too. I think some people, when you have the highest expectations um, and when things aren't met and when they're not followed through, you know, I think that, that sometimes that can be, that can be people's downfalls. Um, But for me, I just, I really try and just look at the situation and the more that you can be proactive instead of reactive, I have found helps me through a lot of different things. Sometimes I can then chase a lot of different things too. I'm like, oh, okay, well, that sounds really good. That's a great idea. Oh, oh, that looks really good. We'll, you know, we'll go that way. So I tend to think that it is one of my biggest strengths, but sometimes it can be my downfall. And that's why you surround yourself with really good people because they can be like, Shannon, whoa, you got like, no, I've looked at that. That, That's not a good way to go. Mm -hmm. So I feel very lucky in, you know, kind of allowing things to come up and be able to go down a different path, but then also having people around me um, that I think are smarter than me to, right. you know, to tell me that that's not a good way or this is the way to do it. That uh, makes, makes sense for sure. Now, <laughs> who, who would you say are some of those people that have kind of uh, uh, mentored or kind of helped you um, along your career that really um, have brought forth some of your success? Well, I do have to say first and foremost that my parents Mm -hmm. um, have instilled so much in me. You know, when I was little, my mom, um, she was a lawyer and she owned her own business. And, you know, we have conversations now that, you know, when you're a kid and you just, you know, you're just being a kid and you don't realize what your parents are struggling through. And now to be able to talk about that with my mom and, you know, understand what she was going through and what a strong woman that she really was really adds that fuel to just what an incredible person that she is. And she did for my brother and I, when she was kids. So I looked at my mom as this, you know, strong lawyer in a courtroom. And then she eventually went on to be a judge and just, I just always looked up to her and the decisions that she made. And, you know, she really put a lot of thought and intention behind everything. Mm -hmm. And she was a really involved mom too. Um, And then my dad, I mean, my dad worked as hard as he could as a carpenter, um, you know, nine to five and, and threw everything into his work. So I think just watching those guys, you know, when I was little, I really wanted to be like my mom and dad. And I think what I am now, I owe it all to them. But I've been surrounded by incredible people. I think the friends that we have, um, you know, we have a lot of entrepreneurial friends that are always giving us advice. And I think my favorite thing is just sitting around at cocktail hour or dinner and just throwing around ideas. I'm like, wow, that's a really terrible idea. Wow, that's a really <laughs> great idea. How did you get through this? All oh, this, you know, so I, I feel very lucky that I that I have a bunch of friends. Um, and two of my really good friends now that I, that are always keeping me in check, um, is her, one of her name, one of their names is Vanessa and she owns, um, the company pop art. It's a popcorn company. And then also Amelia who just did, um, a big name change and she used to be in corporate massage and now is 
oh, they just changed it. I'm going to be so mad that I can't think of the name. I'm going to think about it because <laughs> I was like, oh, that's awesome. So anyway, those girls um, and, and also Lorray Wright, who has been kind of a business mentor to me here in Salt Lake, all of those girls have really given me everything, you know, as far as bouncing ideas and, and things that I should or shouldn't do. Yeah. So that's been fun. That's awesome. No, it's great. <laughs> Now, what, what would you say? I mean, you have all those different things and you say sometimes you'll go chase down a path and, and what, what helps you stay focused on like everyday priorities? I mean, you're a mother, you got two kids, you're running the business. I mean, it's, there's, there's a lot to handle there. So, so what kind of helps you stay on target and like, okay, I have to get this, this done every day? Well, sometimes you... <laughs> Sometimes I have big goals for what I want to get done for the day mm -hmm. and they're completely side by sidelined, especially now during this time right. um, of COVID-19 that they just kind of get sidelined. But I just have to know true to me that first and foremost, my family is the biggest thing. And if my kids need me and if I need to be there for them, that is the thing that has to come first. Um, but I've really found that during this time, um, I start the day proactively. So doing the things that I know that I need to get done instead of opening up my email or doing other things and reacting to things, right? So, so if I, fi I find that if I do the first things in the morning that I know that maybe are gonna keep me up at night or kind of part of the biggest picture, or I always like to call them the hardest things. Right. Um, sometimes it's just, you know, diving in and getting started and kind of unleashing something. Um, but those are, those are the things that are most important to me. And I find that getting back to people or doing something on somebody else's agenda mm -hmm. um, can kind of send you, you know, all over the place. So I start the morning proactively okay. and then reactively with my kids. Reactive. <laughs> So and, usually, <laughs> <laughs> and usually I get somewhere good by the end of the day, you know, I've accomplished some things and, mm -hmm. um, you know, have, have been able to be there for my family too. So that's kind of how I'm living my everyday right now. Start off proactive and then, and then kind of go from there. Right. Okay. So a uh, big note taker, cause I've asked, you know, there's been people in the past, like as you're talking about Hannah, I mean, she's all about making sure she's got her notes down for those daily goals and, and, things of that nature. I'm trying to work on that. I'm trying to get better. You know, I have, <laughs> I would say it would be more like weekly, right? I have the things that I know that by the end of the week, this block kind of needs to be checked off, needs to be done. And it allows, I definitely uh, uh, take a little bit of that proactive in the morning. You got to make sure you get those uh, priorities done right early in the day. If you, if you have the capability, because yep. afternoons can come up quick on you if you're not, not careful, right? Yes, they can. And I find that, you know, again, I mean, setting goals, uh, it's, it's huge, right? To have, um, to have those goals and know what you're fighting for, know what your priority is in your life. Mm -hmm. um, but I also think that rewards are really important too. If we just spend that time just checking those boxes, checking those boxes, what are we, you know, what are we ultimately working for? So right. I really, um, 
I am really a big believer in being able to give myself something for accomplishing that. And for me, as an, you know, as an athlete, you know, to me, that means getting outside and exercising or, you know, having this awesome experience with my kids, you know, going on a camping trip, but knowing that when I'm working so hard, that there is going to be that reward that's really true to me mm -hmm. and what I'm fighting for and what I'm working for. So I find that's really important, but I do find that I, I write lists on everything. Right. And I'm mm -hmm. trying to be better about that too. I've got like the back of the envelope, the bills over <laughs> here. And then I've got like something, you know, in email that I need to do, but I've actually been working with this really cool product um, called Trello. And that has been helping me a lot. Trello? It's called T-R-E-L-L-O. And, um, and that has been, um, that's been a really big help for me. And what is it? So it's an app that you can okay. have on your phone or on your computer. And for me, I use it in my business for our sales pipeline. Okay. So whenever we get an incoming call, but you can also write all your notes down um, or type all your notes down and then you can move along, move them along in a series. So like I'm working on this, this needs a little bit more information. I need feedback from this person or done, check the box and then it goes away. Oh, so okay. it's a really nice way to kind of, you know, do a lot of different tasks. I have my grocery list on it too. Mm -hmm. So I can type it in my computer and then go to the grocery store and know all the different things that I have to do there. Yeah. And you can sync it to your calendar. You can add in documents. You can do Google stuff with it. So I find it to be, um, I'm learning how to use it and, and yeah. be more efficient at it. But it's been a really, really nice thing in my life to have. <laughs> that's, that's good. Yeah, no, it's, it's funny with the- uh, Look into it. It's awesome. I will. No, I wrote it down. I'll definitely look into it. That, sh that should help. It's funny with the, with the groceries. I feel like it, there's so much more of a priority on making sure that everything's set up when you go to the grocery store now. Like, yes. luckily my fiance, you know, writes it down, has everything cut in half. It's like, okay, you get these specific items. This is your list. The amazing thing is, is that I'll still forget. It's on the list uh, and I'll be like, she's like, it's on there. How could you forget it? And I was like, oh, I don't, you know, I thought I got it. Well, my husband sends me to the grocery store for like two things. He's like, here's two things. And then I come back with one of them. He's like, no, seriously, two things. And I'm like, I know I got sidetracked, but this is really cool. So you can keep your entire list of things that you need and you can break it up into produce and like, you know, whatever, however you want to do it. And then whenever you're at home and you're like on the toilet and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't have toilet paper. <laughs> then you, as soon as you're done, you can go into Trello, click toilet paper, and then it's just like on the list. You don't have to remember. And then when you get there, you're like, oh yeah, right. I remember that I have to get toilet paper. And then if it's out, I don't know what to tell you, but at least it was on your list. <laughs> exactly. At least you had it on the list. <laughs> at least you had it on the list to start with. <laughs> so talking into not only toilet paper, but groceries and going through the whole, the whole, um, motherhood and children and all these things uh you had a fantastic book that came out thank you yes of course i yeah got, um my niece has it has read it it was great uh christmas present for her um and mommy why is your hair pink i know which <laughs> it's not pink because i can't get my hair done in covid although i think tomorrow tomorrow oh, i'm finally like crossed. getting this <laughs> this hot mess taken care of so yeah no it was such a fun project you know i've been approached a lot um about writing a book and i i just and i still stand by it that like my story is not written 
Um, I was a mobile skier and accomplished incredible things on skis, but like there's so much more in life that I, that I need to accomplish before I feel like I can share my knowledge with the world in print. Um, and then one of my business advisors who I spoke about earlier, Lorraine Wright, um, she approached me about writing a kid's book. And I was like, now that is something that I can get behind Mm -hmm. because my parents read to me every night. Um, and it was a way for me to really kind of, I think, share what was true to me and break it down into a kid's format, which is more my, you know, my speed anyway. Right. So, um, you know, fun pages with lots of color and, um, just those really important moments. So it was such a fun project to work on. And, um, and it's really cool whenever you can give it to somebody and it means something to them and they spend time with their kids. Mm -hmm. So I'm so glad that, um, I'm so glad that you got it and that it is passed along and is being read. That makes me happy. Yeah. How, how long did it, how long did it take to, you know, not only start with that idea, but to to come up with the whole book? How long, how long was that process? Well, it was so funny because when my, um, you know, when Lorraine approached me, she was like, okay, well, this is, you know, this is what I hear in your story. What, you know, what do you see? And I'm like, oh yeah, that's totally, you know, what, what I could base this around. And so I, I wrote it and she was like, oh, wow, this is really good. Okay, we're going to send it to an editor. And the editor was just like, well, this is a great idea for a book, but this like is definitely not a book. And I'm like, no, this is my masterpiece. Like, this is what I was meant to write. And um, so all that being said, you know, it took about a year, maybe a year and a half. Um, and then, you know, once you come up with this incredible story in words, then you have to have somebody that brings it to life. Right. And, um, and so we were so lucky that we found this incredible illustrator. Yeah, they're um, awesome. And Illustrations she, are great. Oh my, thank you. I yeah. know. And I was so hard, right? Because some of those things you talk about, um, you know, what we had written about is our inner light and mm-hmm. how it shines. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, <clears throat> excuse me. How is she going to like put that into pictures, you know, and I'll never forget the first time that she sent over the rough drafts, you know, the different pieces and what pages they would go on. I literally burst into tears because I was like, Oh my gosh, Ingrid, this is amazing. Like you did it. You brought, you know, this vision and my words and ideas into life and you, and you are allowing kids now, you know, to connect with that. So it was really a special project. And when you open it for the first time and you, you know, look at this book, that's a finished product. It was, it was really a magical journey. Yeah, no, she did a, what was uh, Ingrid? I'm going to Ingrid Ochoa. Ochoa. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'll let you say it first because that would have been, been really <laughs> <Yeah>. bad. <laughs> I know. I just wanted to like scoop her up and put her in my pocket and just like bring her around everywhere with me when I had an idea, like put it to paper. This is what it is. You're so good at that. So mm-hmm. it was really fun. And I feel so lucky to have worked with so many, you know, incredible people on it to bring right. what's in my crazy head and, you know, bring it to life. Sure. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> No, it's, it's, so it's interesting. I mean, you always talk about those, um, dreaming big, right? The, the books and then silver bean coffee, you ended up coming up with that while you were still competing, right? Didn't you get, <coughs> I might be wrong here, but weren't, didn't you get hurt in like fall yes. camp or December or something like that came back and then decided to, to start it? Yeah. So my husband and I had always been kicking around ideas of, mm-hmm 
gosh, well, what could we do? My husband um, used to own a bicycle shop and it was super successful. And, you know, he just, he, he put together high-end bikes and he loved people just as much as I loved people. And we just had that same passion for people and, you know, a really cool product. So he came up to me and he was like, well, what about coffee? And I was like, well, I don't know anything about coffee, but I love that, you know, I can be in Italy and, and have a cup of espresso and, you know, that coffee comes from Costa Rica and, you know, all these beautiful places. And I love coffee shops. And, you know, so it just really, it just really spoke to me about, you know, what we could do with coffee. And he loved the idea of roasting it and finding the roast profiles and, you know, and then we thought, oh my gosh, well, how cool would it be if we could travel to all these farms and meet all these incredible people that are behind it. And, you know, to me, it really spoke more about people than product. Um, so, you know, we were like, well, that, that's kind of an interesting idea. So why don't we kind of let that percolate and see what we could do? And, you know, we kind of looked at, you know, a couple business plans behind it. Um, and then in 2008, we were at um, one of the first World Cups of the season in Teen France. And I was working on my D spin, and I had done like I just everything was just coming into place. And I was so stoked about it. I was going bigger than I'd ever gone before and just felt really like, yes, I, you know, I'm one of the girls on the forefront of this of this trick. And I, I went a little bit too big, drifted left and landed right in a mogul and blew out my knee. And I was so devastated. I was just like, oh my gosh, this is awful. You know, going through another knee surgery and having to go through that, miss a whole nother season of skiing. But then I was like, whoa, right now is the time that we could, we could put our idea together. You know, we could start Silver Bean Coffee and we could, you know, get our logo going and we could figure out how all this is going to work and just start our business. So um, I came home, I flew home from France, had surgery the next week. um, And during, you know, like the next couple of weeks after that, we, we went full steam into, into Silver Bean Coffee. Mm -hmm. It's such a uh, super positive attitude to have, you know, (laughs) well, maybe it seems, you know, it's a good, it's a good distraction. Maybe it seems super positive now. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if that's, yeah, no, that's, uh, but you've kind of always had that, that personality. Would you say that's from mom and dad as well? Just kind of that always positive initiative, going to get things done. Well, you know, I, I don't know if it stems from, from that or just, Mm -hmm. I'm always going against the grain. (laughs) <laughs> and when you go against the grain on everything in life, um, you kind of have to have that positivity. Like, wow, they're trying to put me in that box, but I don't want to go in that box. I want to be in this box. So I gotcha. feel like that kind of fuels my positivity of, you know, like we've got to make it work and it's got to be fun. I've got to love it. I've got to pour all my emotion into it. And um, yeah, I just try try to, you know, drum to the beat of, or what is it beat beat of the drum to my own drum i don't know what it is whatever beat that is drum. we'll we'll recreate yeah beat to my own drum <laughs> no it's 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 good it, it oozes through and you can you can absolutely uh tell it very genuine for sure well thank you yeah. <laughs> now talking back to some of those injuries because i mean you had a 12-year career uh skiing you know three-time olympian Olympic bronze in 2010 and the silver in 2002 where silver bean got its name. Right. I mean, yeah, so you had such an right. amazing, uh, great career. 
but uh, as you spoke to, I mean, there's a bunch of those injuries that are in there as well. Two knee surgeries, you broke your jaw, you had an ankle injury, you had a shoulder injury. I mean, just to name a few. And then there's always a couple nagging ones every ski season, right? <laughs> Nobody makes sense. So That's where, right. where's that perseverance? kind of, you know, speak, speak a little bit to that because it, it's, it's so hard, I feel like, and, and people kind of lose a little bit of their spirit, lose a little bit of hope um, when those injuries kind of start to mount up, you know, it seems, especially when it rains, it pours, right? You have one little nagging injury and that leads to another. And then it's, you almost feel like it's this snowball effect of you can't get healthy. You just keep have something nagging and it's something else. Like what, so speak a little bit to the, to the perseverance that you've kind of had to, had to deal with. Yeah, and I and I first and foremost want to say that in those moments, it is sheer devastation. You know, it is the worst feeling. It's 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 almost sometimes feels like you have no hope, and sometimes it feels like you are at the bottom of Death Valley, and you have to get to the top of Everest. And I think in those moments, it is just it's it's hard to get through. Um, but I feel very, I feel very lucky that every time I got hurt, my family was there and they were the first ones to pick me up. Um, but I always knew that, you know, for me, it's, I was never the, the strongest person in the room. I was never the best skier on the team. I was never like, I was never the top of the echelon. And so for me to be able to find my way back, I always had to find another solution. Um, and so I feel super lucky that I was surrounded by good people that in those moments I could re out, reach out to them and say, I'm, I'm desperate. Can you help me? Do you know somebody that can help me? Do you know, you know, who is the best surgeon? Who is the best physical therapist? Who can help me mentally to come back and to have, um, you know, real honesty and a real openness with, with those people to be able to kind of guide me in the right way um, was what got me through it, mm. you know? And I yeah. think so many people address physically coming back, right? Like, okay, well, you know, I'm, I'm six months post-op, nine months post-op, here I go. I'm just going full gusto back into the season yeah. when I really believe that's such a small fraction of it. It's getting this right. It's getting your head yeah. right yeah. to be able, you know, to get back into that gate. And I think more than anything, I needed a lot of work on that. And so I was really thankful to reach out to people to kind of get my head right. Because once you get your head right and you're on that positive path and you, you feel empowered, you feel like you have, um, you know, you've unturned every stone to be able to get yourself back. Like that is when the magic happens. And that's when you really feel like I am back, not just like, Ooh, I'm physically back, ready to go on snow. Um, yeah. It really took a lot of time for me to get that full package back, um, you know, to, to competing again. And a lot of times, you know, a lot of my injuries happened later on in my career when coming back the way that other athletes could come back um, wasn't an option because, you know, I've had too many injuries, things hurt more. I was old, you know, considered old on the team. Um, so, you know, having to kind of figure out that way around it, but then that gives you like that inside confidence. Like mm -hmm. I did it. I figured it out. Like, let's right. go all you young kids out there. This girl's <laughs> back. <laughs> so how, how did you have to go through and, and figure those, those different ways out, right? Compared to some of those younger athletes, what were some of those <laughs> things you kind of had to work your way around? 
Well, what I really learned um, later on in my career was that, you know, what makes athletes great is, is having the muscle memory, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, doing a backflip 2000 times so that when things go wrong, you automatically react to something. And when you are injured and when you're out of the game, you can't continue on with that muscle memory. You can't make better impressions. But what I learned early in my career is that if you did it in your mind and if you figured out a way to be positive, to say those things in your mind, that that still creates that same muscle pattern. So I had to get really creative um, with a lot of my mental training and figure out, you know, different ways to be able to hold myself accountable, um, you know, to set up different things that I did every day. So a lot of people always find it funny whenever I tell them, like, I literally did in my mind every single day for, I think, eight or 10 years, I think eight years, I did a hundred perfect mogul runs in my mind every single day so that even when I couldn't physically be out there and training with everybody else, I was still training in my mind and going through all the different world cups, going through all the different, um, you know, Olympic courses, different qualifying events that we had to do. I was still making impressions in my mind and moving that training forward. Mm -hmm. So to me, that was a huge part of it, um, was, was figuring out that mental piece. Now, who, who helped you figure that out? Is that something on your own, a little bit of trial and error? Or did you have some sports psychs you were kind of uh, seeing at the time to kind of help you get through that? So I met um, in 2002 when I was having, uh, I wasn't going to make the 2002 Olympic team because I was just performing so terribly. And long story short, I worked with an incredible hypnotherapist here in Salt Lake who recently, um, he just passed away. So that was really sad. Uh, but he, he helped completely. He helped me figure out that I was focusing on the problem. I was focusing on all the reasons why I couldn't do something. Oh, my competitors were too good. I'm not as strong. These guys are way better than I am in the gate. They've been able to perform under pressure, all these different things. Mm -hmm. And to be able to shift my thinking into put me in that power position. Um, You know, he was such an integral part of my first um, you know, figuring it out mentally and, and understanding that there was this huge thing that we can unlock in our mm-hmm. brains. Um, right. But I went on um, to Scott Higgins was, um, he was a trainer that worked for the US ski team for a while. And he introduced me to Bill Knowles, who is one of the most right. incredible physical therapists out there um, and got me back not only physically, but mentally to kind of help me with that. Um, and then I worked with an incredible man by the name of doc, Dr. Jason Selk. Okay. So all of those people, and then, you know, in between all of our coaches, but those guys were really, I think the people that I leaned on the most and that I owe so much credit to, to getting me back. Right. To getting you into that right frame of mind and to be able to, it's, it's definitely one of those things. I mean, I know when I was going through rehab for my knee at the time and, and, you have those few kind of lifelines while everyone's off skiing and competing. Uh, Mark Moeller, who I'm sure you know, was my PT. Yeah. He was such a stud. And just every day, not only the physical part, but the mental part of getting me back kind of where I needed to be. And um, it's so much of that is mental, right? There's so much like, okay, physically everything's fine, 
Now it's mentally, you have to trust that you can cut on that thing or that you can land back seat if you're going off of a jump or you can explode off of it. Like anything that you need to do that trust you, you, that, that definitely takes a little bit, a uh, little bit more time. Yeah, it does. And it's so important to find those people. Um, you know, I think that it's always up to us to kind of not just listen to what one person says, right? And I think it's so important to take what, what 10 people said mm -hmm. and make it your own. So that's what I find so empowering about a lot of the people that I worked with is they came from so many different backgrounds and had so much to offer me. And I didn't just subscribe to one way of doing it. It was like, oh, wow. Okay. So he's going to help me with this part, but there's this whole other side that, you know, I can kind of integrate those two things together and make it my own. Mm -hmm. And I found that was a really powerful way of not just doing it. What one person told me to do, it was really thinking for myself and making that conscious choice of what I needed to do to get back in my own brain that made it that much better whenever I got back in the gate again, you know, to really be authentic to me and, and how I trained and how I wanted to show up to the mountain every single day. So that was really important to me. Right. So taking a kind of a piece from, from every different person, would you say that's something you just thought at the time to do, or is that something you've kind of always used to kind of help, help you succeed? Right. I mean, obviously that leads to one of your couple of your best seasons of your career 2003 overall world cup champ 2002 you get the uh, silver medal i mean so did that kind of spark it going into that season like hmm do all right this isn't working maybe i'll take a little bit of this a little bit of that and that's that's what it's going to take yeah i mean i think that's the magic in what we do right mm -hmm. um whether it's in athletics or whether it's in business i find that you know when people when people read books and they're totally bought into this one way of doing something, that's the only way. And when things maybe don't work out like they need to, or, you know, start shifting a little bit and other skill sets need to come in and maybe they have to have a different mindset that now suddenly that doesn't work anymore. Mm -hmm. So what I found so powerful about taking bits and pieces is, you know, sometimes it didn't all work. And I think that's okay. You know, you yeah. can subscribe to something that you believe is going to work. And then when it doesn't, you have to let it go a little bit and right. maybe shift your thinking towards another thing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, and I like same thing in training, right? We're training and we're like, Oh man, this is exactly what's going to work. And then you get into your run and you're like, Oh my gosh, that's what I did. Training is not going <laughs> to work. So I have to like, you know, right in this moment, in this split second, figure out something that does. And so I like to think that having all those people combined, you know, really made me just that, that much more confident and, and courageous in my own abilities. Right. And a lot, you know, it sounds like a lot of adaptability too, right? If it doesn't work kind of time to time to move on, what's the next thing going to be. And really that's kind of uh, happened throughout your career, right? I would say uh, also similar to when I got into the sport, people, you know, were doing spread eagles and twisters. Like a heli was like a 360 for those out there. It was so a very big. big, was like a really big deal to do that. And then by the end, it's like cork 14, cork 10. Like I just got into this to be a, the best skier. I didn't realize I was going to have to do all these acrobatics and stuff like that. Like this thing's totally changed. Like quad twister used to be a big deal. Now yeah. You know, back double fold, a uh, cork 10 and 
you know, you were kind of part of part of that forefront, right, of ha having to adapt and, and get your run to, to a better spot because, I mean, similar boat, you're doing twisters and then end of your career, you're doing D-spins. Yeah, no, it was, um, it was a big shift. And I mean, I'm always honest with people when I say, like, I was not a very good jumper. I mean, that was when, when if the one, you know, really big weakness that I always had was my jumping. And I knew that from when I was little, right. like my, so for those, for those of you guys don't Same know club. at home, my brother is, my brother is an Olympian um, in the sport of aerial skiing. So he is a phenomenal jumper, everything. Like when we were little, we had a trampoline. I was doing spread eagles. My brother taught himself back double folds. Mm -hmm. Nobody taught him that he taught himself that. So for me to, you know, know at a young age that this was definitely a weakness and then watching Johnny Mosley do it in the 2002 Olympics, do this backflip with a full twist. I was like, Oh my gosh, just freaked out of my mind of like, I can't do that. Like what? what oh my gosh. You know? <laughs> um, so I suddenly, you know, really had to pivot and, and want to be on the forefront of that. So I spent more time, falling on my head and my neck and my back into the water ramps, <laughs> you know, to, to, to be able to not only change that weakness into something that I could do, but try to be on the forefront of it. Right. So it was really fun in, um, in Madonna di Campiglio in Italy. I was the first girl to ever throw that trick in moguls. And I, it was definitely not the prettiest one ever thrown. And mm -hmm. I will definitely not be the one that people remember as like, wow, <laughs> she really did that. But I, that was me. That was me. <laughs> and I take a lot of pride in that because, you know, I think sometimes we have to take what our weaknesses are and be able to push and fight and claw and dig and make, you know, a part of, of your strengths and something that, you know, kind of moves that, moves that forward. So it's right. something I'm really proud of. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's crazy to see the the growth now, right? It's uh, it's yeah. Every year, it's getting uh, crazier and crazier out there. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was on the water ramps um one day, and a ten year old was up there. You know, this was a couple years ago um, when I was still doing the Flying Ace All Star shows in jumping into the pool, and I did a show with this one ten you know ten year old little kid. He comes up next to me, and I'm like, "Oh, well, what are you gonna do?" He's like, "Oh, you know, a cork ten fourteen forty. And I'm like, "Okay, I think this is when I retire. I think this could be my last day of jumping." And that was the last show I ever jumped in. I'm like, "Okay, the old lady." We just need to give it to the kids now because we, this is no long, I am no long, I'm no longer relevant. <laughs> so no, that, that was it. That was yeah, it. It keeps, uh, it keeps growing, but you've, you've kept growing as well, right? Kept growing right along. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I, I agree. I agree. <laughs> so for some, some people out there, um, whether they're navigating uh, their own businesses or, or the fears of kind of going through and, and, and trying to create something new. And, and, you know, you're really on the forefront with some of the being an entrepreneur and, and taking chances. And there's a lot of people out there that have a difficulty of kind of making that first step. Right. Um, so what would you, what are some pieces of advice you would, you would have for them or, or approaches you could give to them of, of, you know, going out on a limb, taking that chance and everything's going to be okay. So for me, I really, um, the biggest thing that I think that people need to, to do is to know what their goal is. And, and I always talk to it in, um, 
you know, setting your goal with your five senses. Mm -hmm. So what does that look like? You know, um, for people, whenever I, I explain, you know, when I, every single day I thought about standing on the top of that Olympic podium with that metal around my neck and I smelled the, you know, the gas from the Olympic cauldron. I tasted, you know, I tasted champagne because that's the taste of victory. And I heard the national anthem and, you know, I saw the flag being raised and all those hard times were replaced by those five senses about what it means to really want something so badly. Mm -hmm. um, so I think when people step out on a journey, they really have to know what they're fighting for because the days are long and hard and you know you you want to give up and you just want to throw in the towel but if you have you know that 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 vision and that feeling and that taste and that smell in your body it gets you through those hard times mm -hmm. um and i think the biggest thing is you know to to just do it to to just say hey i'm willing to to take a risk right now and and go all in for something that is going to be so incredible, so amazing that it's worth it. Right. But before you do that, I always tell people, <laughs> um, you know, if they, if they really want to get into something, if they want to start a business, if they want to, you know, um, go into a profession, I, I really suggest doing that as an intern, um, you know, working in, you know, if you want to, if people always, I say, you know, own a coffee shop, great, manage a coffee, manage a coffee shop first before you want to own a coffee shop. Or, you know, if you want to start a leadership development company, what, what does that actually look like? You know, what are your days going to be like? What are your, what sacrifices are you going to have to make? How much time are you going to have to miss out on your family? Because I think ultimately that really gives you a good glimpse into what you're going to have to do. And then you multiply that by five and then you drain your bank account. <laughs> and then that's, and then that's what it looks like. <laughs> and then are you still willing to do that day in and day out with not knowing what the outcome is going to be? So mm -hmm. that's what, that's my best piece of advice to do it, drain your bank account, feel it with all your senses and then dive in because it's worth it. Dive in. So where is the, <laughs> where does the, the five senses come from? I like, I've never, I've never heard that. That was, uh, that's good. I, I like that. Yeah, I, um, that was one of the things that I worked on near the end of my career uh, with, okay. with Dr. Jason Selk. Okay. And, you know, he, he asked me what my biggest goal was. And I told him and he said, well, what's your biggest fear? And then I just burst into tears and I said that I can't do it, that I'm not good enough, that I'm too old, that I don't have the skills, that the younger kids are better than me. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so, you know, he really, he really kind of, made me put my goal into those terms. And, and then he, you know, I drew it all out on this piece of paper about what it looked like, what it smelled like, what it felt like. And then he said, now I want you, I want you to throw that away because that is what is giving you your biggest fear too. So we're going to focus on the daily tasks that you have to do in order to accomplish that goal. But right. when you want to give up and when you feel like you can't do it, you have to think about those things. So it was really powerful for me because it almost lifted this elephant that was sitting on my back mm -hmm. and gave me the power, you know, to, to check off those boxes and to do the things that I needed to do every day and that I could do, but also gave me the inspiration that I needed when, you know, I felt like giving up.
So it was a really powerful exercise for me. And ultimately, um, is what made me sell our coffee business. Okay. Because that ultimate goal that I, you know, of what we had set for ourselves, it wasn't worth the fight for me. And it wasn't worth what I was willing to do every single day to get there. So I decided in that moment that this isn't worth it. And instead of being in this business for another decade and being angry and not loving what I'm doing every day, I need to let it go. And I need to just kiss it goodbye. And we need to chalk it up as an experience. Right. And that needs to be it. So I, it's worked in it's worked in really mysterious ways for me, both on good and bad, and oh, has awesome. always steered me in the right direction. It's <laughs> good. Yeah, no, five five senses. It's definitely something that uh, I've got written down, so I can try to uh, try to imagine some of those things. And it's funny, think you know, going back thinking about skiing and things of that nature, you always go through and, and try to visualize every scenario you can get into, right? To try to keep yourself as prepared as can it's, as you can be. Like, all right, what's one of the variables I could be dealing with? I could be dealing with poor weather, poor lighting, um, you know, the uh, bad start or whatever else that kind of go, goes into that. And yep. um, it's interesting to, to think about going in and thinking about some more of those kind of senses. What's that air? And it, it definitely brings some more uh, gravity, I would say, to the visualization for sure. Yeah, I always, you know, whenever I always visualized, I always tried to feel like what it was going to be like. I tried to get myself not only visualizing, but in that emotional state, you know, do your palms get sweaty? Does your heart start beating fast? Do your legs, like sometimes, I don't know about you, but my legs literally like turned to stone and I would look down and be like, Oh my gosh, like, how am I going to ski? Because they, they, they're not even moving right now. But I, I kept preparing myself for those moments. And when those things came up and I was so nervous and, you know, I, I had those feelings that I knew that I had done hundreds of mogul runs to be able to get me through that. Mm -hmm. So the more that you can bring in those senses and the emotions and, you know, just, really, you know, making that moment big. For me, I hear people talk about, oh, well, I just, I'm just pretending that it's, you know, it's, it's going to be my home run in my hometown. And it is not the case. <laughs> you have to, you have to pour on as much stress and emotion and, you know, nerves and all and fears that you can, because when you get to that moment, it's not about rising to the occasion. It's about falling to the level of your training. Right. And so I feel like that got me so prepared for those moments. And I really try to do that in business now. You know, when I go and do a keynote speech in front of a thousand or 2000 people, I'm not like, Oh, I'm just going to imagine everybody naked because nobody's naked. And right. there's 2000 <laughs> people there that are expecting me to be great. And I have to, you know, I have to live up to that expectation. So I really play with all of my senses and everything that I do and make sure that I'm as prepared as I possibly can be. Right. How, how much would you say going into some of that keynote speaking and stuff like that has kind of helped with, with being done as a competitive athlete, right? Because you still, you know, sp uh, public speaking and going thin, talking to those people, you going to get that those same goosebumps and, and things of that nature, right? I mean, it's definitely one of those things. I mean, they say that's uh, higher than death, right? Uh, people are more afraid <laughs> I to love speak it. in public than uh, death, which is just shocking to me. 
<laughs> well, okay. So now I, I do, I do get it, but I also talk to people about that, that if you feel that way, it's because you're not prepared. It's because you haven't done the mental and emotional preparation that's needed to overcome your fears. Right. right. So people always talk about like, Oh my gosh, I could never be an Olympic, an Olympic athlete in that sport. Cause that's so crazy. I'm like, well, yeah, you, you couldn't do that. But if you went through the years and years of preparation and focus and honing in on those skills and taking it step by step, absolutely. Right. And same with public speaking, you know, yeah, just getting out on a stage in front of 2000 people is so scary. But when you put in the work and you know the material and you, you know, you kind of harness those emotions and that mental state, it is, there's nothing more powerful than that, you know, to stand yeah. up on stage and, and connect with people and share that story. So I, you know, and people are like, wow, well, I've never really thought about it like that. Mm -hmm. So it's all about in the preparation and laying the groundwork and know what it takes to get onto, you know, onto that goal and overcoming those fears. Yeah. So I love it. It's awesome. You get the nerves and everything is going and my legs feel like they're going to fall, you know, like they're like, they're already stone again. And then you get up there and, you know, sometimes it's amazing and everything comes out right. And then other times you stumble a little bit and you're like, oh, that was not a winning performance, but you know, that's what keeps going. And, um, and you, and you get better and better at it. So it's something that I really love. Yeah. There's always, always something to pull from every, every performance, right? Yes. Yes. I, I'm thankful that you can't just fall completely flat on your face and like, you know, blow out your knee in public speaking. So that's good. I, I call that a win. <laughs> Definitely. So any, any books on, on public speaking or, or anything like that, that have kind of uh, helped you not only during your competitive career, but, but after that, that you really um, have kind of been near and dear to your heart. I'm trying to, I, I, I've been trying to get, get a few more books that's been, uh, especially with COVID and everything that's been going on. I've been trying to juggle a little more, a little more reading yes. to, to fill up my time. Oh my gosh. Well, I have to be honest. I, it is one of my favorite things that I, that, um, that I used to do all the time was reading all kinds of books, uh, business books. But I find that now when I read them, my mind just starts going, going, going. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I need to do that. Oh yeah. I need, Oh yeah. We can implement that in the business. And like, Oh yeah, I need to be working on that. So it's really hard for me because I can't do that. Like I just, I need my sleep more than anything because it's one of the things that I don't get enough of. With that being said, um, one of my favorite books of all time, um, is by Dr. Jason Selk and it's called 10 minute toughness. Um, and it really kind of helps you, strategize about putting a mental training plan into place. So it's not just telling you like, wow, these are the things you need to do. It's like, no, here's how you build that. Here's what it looks like. Mm -hmm. um, so that was really, really helpful to me. Um, and then I just got done with a book that I think is pretty old, but it's called Mindset. And, you know, it's talking about a growth mindset, which I think is so important. Um, so those are kind of my two favorite books that I really love. And okay. whenever I start to get stuck with things, I'm like, okay, is this just a mindset thing or yeah. am I not, you know, preparing for really what I, what I need to do. But I have literally like a stack of a hundred books that I really want to read and 
probably won't get through until my children are 18, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you read them and then you give me the cliff notes and then we'll be all good. Okay. I'll, I'll do, I'll do my best. I've, I've, uh, I've doubled up. So not only do I, am I getting the reading in, but I've also gotten into the, uh, to the audio books. So the audio books awesome. have, been, have been a big help actually. Uh, Doug Wren, who was on one of our, our prior, uh, shows, uh, moonwalking with Einstein, which has been a really, uh, really fun one about, uh, about memory and New York times writer goes in and, and kind of, you know, gets into this whole world of memory. So it's, uh, pretty wild and it's been yeah it's been a good read so uh, that's awesome okay well we're gonna have to we're gonna have to share books you you yeah. let me know which ones and then and then give me the good the good bits <laughs> <laughs> well uh shannon i appreciate you uh taking the time coming on here uh anywhere people can reach you uh shannonbarkey.com yes and see this is perfect timing because my little guy is just kind of can you say hi tucker you say hi, Bobby. This is Tucker, not hi, Tucker. This is Tucker. <laughs> hey, Tucker. <laughs> um, yeah, so I have um, two websites. I've got my personal one, which is shannonbarkey.com, mm -hmm. and then my Team Empower Hour one, which is teamempowerhour.com. Um, I am also on social media, on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook, although I've taken a little break mm -hmm. um, as it's been a bit overwhelming for me during these last couple weeks of just sure. trying to you know, just live. So I've kind of taken a break from those, but, um, I will be back soon. It's given me a little bit of perspective to not have it in my life and to yeah. focus on these guys for a little bit. So that's where people can reach me. Say Perfect. hi. And is it, Send just, me an is email. it just, uh, Shannon, just Shannon Barkey or is it Shannon happy? What is, what is the, it's the Shannon Barkey? Shannon, Shannon Barkey. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. so my, my legal name is Shannon happy, but Whenever, you know, you Google and you find all right. the ski stuff, it's under <laughs> Shannon Barkey. So whatever, whatever people want to call me, but my, my website is Shannon Barkey. So, okay. so they don't get the two confused, but I am a happy now. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Well, so it's uh, Shannon, awesome. thanks again for uh, taking the time and Tucker, hopefully uh, we'll have you guys back. Say on hi. Soon. I know he can't hear you because I've got the earbuds in. So oh, right. thank Perfect. you so much. I know he's like, what? I don't know who she's talking to. Well, thank you so much for having me on here. And I wish you the best in everything you do. And go mogul skiers. Awesome. Right. <laughs> All right, thanks. All right, bye, everybody. All right, bye, Bobby. See you later. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thanks a lot for listening in. I really appreciate it. Please make sure to take the time to like, share, and subscribe our show. And also you can follow along on Instagram. Thanks.